when we're thinking about creating the right conditions in the culture of the company, the tools and the processes that we have to enable those teams so that they feel safe to experiment and continuously kind of grow and learn, that's also really, really hard. That's a massive change. We live and work in a world of interlocking systems where many of the problems we face are dynamic, multifaceted, and inherently human. We believe that design thinking can help solve these problems to provide answers, but big answers can only be found by asking big questions. Welcome to The Big Question, an IDEO podcast. I'm your host, Dietra Williamson. Hi, this is Dietria Williamson, your host of IDEO's The Big Question, and I'm super excited today to be joined in this episode by Luis Zunzunegi, IDEO's Executive Director, and Usha Raghavachari, D. Ford, London, Melbourne, and Sao Paulo's Innovation Lab Director. We're here today to explore this big question. How might we bring change and new ways of working to an industry giant like Ford with such a heavy legacy? Welcome, Usha and Luis. Hello. Thank you, Dietria. Lovely to be here. So, Usha, first tell us who you are and give us a little bit of detail about this incredible role that you have and how you went from being a marketer, you know, two decades ago to now leading the D Ford Lab. Gosh, well, that, that's a big question. So maybe I'll start with the last part first, which is how on earth did I end up in D Ford coming from a marketing background? So I joined D Ford uh, and Ford Motor Company straight from university. So my plan was to be here for five years and then run away to my next <laughs> big adventure. I've had many adventures, but I've epic failed on the running away part. So I've worked for Ford in the US, in China, in European roles. I grew up here in the UK, so I've worked for Ford for many years in the UK as well. So had a little bit of an intercontinental adventure, most of that in the first part of my career in marketing. And I guess coming from a marketing background, I've always been super obsessed <laughs> by the customer. So I love learning about people, what makes them tick, not just the obvious stuff, but also the stuff we get from what I would call super stalking research, when we're following people around and observing them and uh, yeah, really deeply understanding the emotional side of who they are. So there's that, that dimension has been in nearly every role that I've done uh, in Ford, but I've also been incredibly excited by the creative side of the business. So in marketing, so that's the bit at the very beginning when I get to work with designers on future products and services and the bit at the very end, working with creative agencies to bring new products to market. So I'd say those two ingredients are very much <laughs> in evidence in what I do uh, today in D Ford. So D Ford is Ford's human-centered design Team. So we have an innovation lab. And Dietrich, as you said, I've got a lovely intercontinental gang. So some of the team in Brazil and some in Australia and the rest uh, here in London. And it brings together that customer obsession with that creative side uh, with a little extra dose of disruption. So I love a challenge. 
I love things that are super difficult to figure out and I love creating things from scratch. So yeah, we get to work on some of the biggest challenges that the company and the industry and the planet can throw at us. So uh, my days are very exciting, exhausting and never the same. Yeah, a big question I have for you, Usha, that we'll have to come back to is when do you sleep? You know, <laughs> you've got such a cross global team. And Luis, tell us tell us about you and your role at IDEO. Yeah, so interestingly enough, I have a very similar background to Usha. So I have a, a strategy and marketing background, and I've worked in a bunch of different industries, like from banking to telcos to I even had my own startup for a while. So my technology startup. So again, there's a lot of parallelisms, like just that empathy and, and trying to understand customers and understand like what drives them and what are their challenges and what are their needs. I got just really dragged into the what is human-centric design and, and designing from a deep understanding of human needs. And so I think that my role here at IDEO is tying those two things together. Like, how can we tie those deep human needs together with those business needs or those strategy needs and and making those connections uh, happen and add value and add impact in a greater sense? And that's that's a little bit also of my role here at IDEO. And I've been involved with the Ford relationship for the last almost three years. So yeah, it's been a super interesting journey. Well, I was so excited for today's podcast because we're all marketers at heart and, you know, plus a thousand to what you said, Usha, earlier about being on that constant learning journey. I know that Ford and IDEO, we've worked together for a while. We've done some incredible work. How did this work actually come together that we're doing, Luis and Usha? How did we actually come together to do more work with D Ford Lab? So, Dietrich, we are going through such a tremendous period of change and disruption. And I'm not talking about the pandemic, right? So (laughs) in the automotive industry or zooming out to think about mobility more broadly or zooming out again, thinking about what's happening in the world around us with 5G, AI, automation, electrification, autonomous vehicles. I mean, you could just write the longest list of things that are going to come and disrupt (laughs) our business. And We've been in business for 118 years now, which is incredible. And we have every intention of being in business for uh, the next century too. And what human-centered design does for us is enable us to think about and think through some of those big questions that we need to tackle in order to transform forward from this really kind of industrial, hardware-focused proposition that's been incredibly successful for over a century with, in essence, the same business model, to transforming ourselves, not just what we do, but how we do it, the entire business model, thinking about the ecosystem, building new capabilities for that future, and creating a whole new bunch of experiences to delight our customers across hardware, software, and services in that ecosystem. And so the processes that we've established inside DFORD are really helping the company think through some of those big sticky problems and helping to bring some of those disruptive new ideas to market. So it's super exciting. 
And maybe just to add to that, which I think it's like my perspective of, of that journey and, and how, you know, this relationship between IDEO and Ford and DeFord. It's very interesting because for me, like, it's incredible to see how Ford has changed related to everything that Usha was mentioning. Like, you could see like this this radical change from the beginning. And it's, and also for, for IDEO ourselves, We've always been a true believers of clients actually owning their future. So DeFord is an incredible representation of that. You know, we've been working with Ford for more than 10 years already. And this last, you know, four or five years, like it's been incredible to see how DeFord has grown and to become this true, you know, representation of what is the importance of human-centered design and how they are changing Ford from from the inside and yes ideal being on the side now seeing them just ride and 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 grow and and like we see them as spears right now like really truly think of them as spears because they have really done a fantastic job on on getting that done (laughs) thank you Luis. we're very much (laughs) on a mission i would just say i mean just listening to you i just reflect you know, when I, I was living in Shanghai, I was working actually in our electric vehicle team, Team Edison, which in and of itself was a little startup operation inside Ford. So you'll see a little bit of a, a common theme in what I love to do. But when I arrived back home in London, I was employee number eight, Dietria. So <laughs> the team was super tiny and we'd been experimenting with this new way of working along with our friends at IDEO for maybe 12, 18 months, but on a, a very specific project at that point. And because of the success of a number of experiments that we had undertaken kind of around the world uh, using this new way of working, what we observed is not only were we creating business impact coming up with these new experiences and ideas, but even more exciting was we were creating cultural impact and behavior change and we're creating a little ripple effect around these little, we call them beacon teams. So they were like beacons of light <laughs> in the company and embedded in some of the largest businesses that we had around the world. But these little beacon teams were creating that impact, but also creating that behavior change and culture change. And you can imagine in a, in a company that's over 100 years old, affecting behavior change and culture change is a huge, is a huge thing. And so at that point, we determined that, you know, we wanted to scale this. So we decided that, you know, we want to teach everyone in Ford about human-centered design. So everyone has at least a level of understanding and ability to practice. But then we'd create this, you know, smaller group of super ninjas, (laughs) let's say, or Navy SEALs, if you're in the US, that would be DeFord. So a group of designers, engineers, marketing folks, business folks, data scientists, all sorts of different flavors of people who basically would be on a mission to accelerate the disruption and the transformation of the of the company. And so we were seven then, in London anyway, we're now 75. <laughs> and we're going to grow again, probably double again in the next kind of 12 months, 18 months. So it's been an incredible journey globally, 
D Ford is nearly 300, I think. I lose count it's because amazing. every day we yeah. have new people, new people joining. Yeah. I want to make sure our listeners know that this is definitely a series because of all the incredible work that you and your team are doing. We know that right now there's greater pressure than ever on industry giants like Ford to to really make the world a better place. It's a new calling. How does your role and the work your team is doing, how do you meet that pressure? There must be challenges there. Yeah, I mean, it's super hard. But I would say it's just so, I mean, it's such an incredible time to be in uh, an automotive company and a mobility company. If you think about what's happening, I mean, we are, we're on a mission. And the cool thing about doing that inside a company like Ford is the things that we change and the things that we can affect, affect the lives of millions of people in hundreds of countries around the world. That's what gets me leaping out of bed in the morning, even if I've gone to bed super late uh, the previous night, because that, that's a great responsibility. And, you know, if I think about our CEO, so Jim Farley, he talks about modernizing the company and disrupting the company as being two very different things, right? And we need to do both of those things. Uh, I mean, obviously in D4, we're very much focused on the on the disruption side uh, of the business, but that disruption for us includes and involves the creation of this, you know, incredibly sustainable, electrified and connected future. So, you know, we're on this mission to make the world better. That sounds very, that sounds very naive, but I, I love to describe myself as a, as a naive optimist. So uh, I will hold on to that forever. But in order for us to make these changes that the industry needs to make, that actually, frankly, the planet needs us to make, it's really important that we can do that at scale, which is terrific to see large companies like Ford doing this, but also to do it in a way that's actually really accessible to everyone. And so if you think back you know, to the very beginnings of Ford Motor Company, Henry Ford, you know, very famously, his first, <laughs> his first print ad that he used basically said, we're opening the highways to all mankind. Because cars had been around, you know, for many years before that point, but had only been available to a really small number of incredibly affluent people. And so by creating the production line, he basically democratized that mobility but actually gave economic access to a huge proportion of the population. And that's what we need to do with our sustainable and you know, circular systems that we're in the process of imagining, not just electrified products that are also connected. So yes, it's a huge, <laughs> it's a huge ask. It's a huge responsibility. But I couldn't think of anything more fun to do and to be surrounded by you know, an incredible group of designers and engineers from inside and outside the company to tackle some of those uh, questions is, it's a huge privilege, actually. I'm very lucky. Usha, first, thank you so much for sharing that history. I think that's really interesting and probably a lens into Ford that's new for, for so many of us in the business world. I want to dig a little bit deeper, though, into what you said earlier about, you know, making the world a better place. Luis, can you talk a little bit about how 
design enables or supports this type of radical shift that Usha is talking about, you know, moving away from just designing products, but also really designing to make the world a better place and doing it with community at the center of that. Yeah, I mean, it's very interesting because very connected to what Usha was mentioning, that eagerness of democratizing mobility. I can perceive that there's this eagerness also to democratize design inside Ford. And more specifically, not only design, but like human-centered design, right? So you can see like people, how they have embraced that. So they have gone like really from, you know, product and and very business-centric design to this human-centric design. And more than that, like lately, you can you can perceive that it's it's not only human-centric design, it's what there's these terms that are coming around, which is more around it's life-centric design or like what which I was, was mentioning, planet-centric design. So really understanding that human first, like what are the needs, but also in the context of its environment, right? And I have perceived like there's been a radical change of folks starting from the leadership inside Ford. And it's incredible to see like, for example, how customer obsessed they are, like to every single engineer in Ford, like you can see the conversations. And to connect to how does that turn into into making the, the world a better place, it's just a very natural outcome, right? When you think about planet-centered design, about life-centered design, when you're designing things with that spirit of actually making it available to the you know the biggest amount of people possible, if where it's born is through that you know deep focus on human and planet and life-centric objectives you are making the world a better place, right? So I think that that transformation, just through that, you can see that like it's become a very nat- it's become something very natural inside Ford. That for me is what's really exciting because you that's what makes it sustainable. And it's not going to be just one thing that's going to happen for a few years and it's going to be forgotten. It's, it's something that is already becoming ingrained inside the culture. Therefore, it's going to last for a long time. Thank you so much for that, Luis. Usha, you hit a little bit on inclusion earlier. And obviously, in order for this change, this radical shift, Luis, that you're talking about, there have to be some big changes that happen. And I'm just curious, Usha, what are some of those big changes that you're identifying that have to happen and that you're leading and why you see the importance of some of those needed changes? Yeah, no, it's it's a subject super close to my heart, (laughs) Dietrich, you know, honestly, creating what really is like a, you know, a startup inside the, inside the company brings a whole host of kind of challenges that we're having to inside DeFord, but also a lot of these translate into the bigger company as we think about how we're affecting that transformation across the world. So, you know, a couple of things that, you know, that we have to tackle are, related to talent. So, you know, if I'm if I'm changing from this kind of hardware focused, you know, offering to this ecosystem offering where I'm thinking about transforming the entire business model, thinking about digital and software and services, I need people who have that expertise. So we've been hiring a lot of folks from all these different disciplines from outside the business where we've identified those gaps in our skill set inside Ford, but we're combining them with the incredible people that we have already in Ford. And we work 
and Luis will know this, having seen it, but we work really closely with the rest of the business across functions. Actually, I, I joke, I'm a, I'm a collaborationist. Makes me sound quite angry, doesn't it? But I mean, <laughs> literally work right across so many parts of the team, so many functions, so many skill teams, so many parts of the world as well. So one part is, is talent. So getting incredible people in is, you know, step one, creating the right conditions where they feel like they can take risks is quite another thing. So that's another thing that we need to change is when we're thinking about creating the right conditions in the culture of the company, the tools and the processes that we have to enable those teams so that they feel safe to experiment and continuously kind of grow and learn. That's also really, really hard. That's a massive change. Thinking, you know, we've gone from this, I sell you a car or a van or a pickup truck, and then I'll see you maybe in five years, to how do I create this kind of always-on relationship? And that requires a very different attitude and mindset and process and skill set, right, in the company. So that's at one level, big change. At another level, and again, for me, very close to my heart, is thinking about diversity in the kind of biggest sense. So there I've just been talking about diversity of experiences and perspectives and backgrounds. As well as obviously the more obvious parts of diversity, which... You know, if you look at a picture of Usha, you'll see there's some obvious parts of that visible diversity. But I think all of that is incredibly important and frankly, inside default, essential for us to create real breakthrough innovation and to drive creativity. But again, that is something I think that we need to do more of and change more in the industry, inside Ford. And it's something I'm incredibly kind of proud of. So bring in the right talent, make sure you have that incredible mix of people and then create the right conditions for them to be successful, take risks and really do what we need to do, which is come up with these really disruptive ideas to basically break our business model. So that's our objective, I would say. Usha, that also just really resonates with me, you know, not only because even the three of us on this this Zoom have such varied backgrounds, but you and I also look quite different than what the design world has welcomed in. So yes. thank you for being here. <laughs> you know, Dietrich, I would just say that we did a DE&I project last year, and I remember some of my team interviewing me for that project. And they were asking, and in, in all, you know, kindness to my team, they were asking, gosh, what does it feel like being, you know, an Indian woman in leadership inside Ford and in a, inside, a, inside a, a creative role? And honestly, I, you know, I look at the world only through my eyes, right? So I don't wake up in the morning and look in the mirror and think, gosh, there's a curly haired Indian Brit, <laughs> I just look in the mirror and go, oh, there's Usha, right? And she's looking a bit tired, having not had enough sleep. <laughs> and leaping out of the bed. You know? <laughs> Quite, exactly. So I do think sharing, you know, our lived experiences and, and I just, you know, just on, on a personal note, I've just been trying to do more of that. I think the last couple of years, 
have given us, I would say, tremendous insight and a window into much more of the lives of, of our teammates and colleagues and team members and leaders, actually, because we're looking, peering into people's homes and houses and apartments. And, you know, it's been super difficult in many, many different ways. And actually what I found, many more teams have reached out to me, individuals from all around the world in Ford and actually outside the company, asking for me to share some of my experiences. and. I guess, you know, earlier on in my career, it wasn't something I really thought about a lot. But now I do think about it a lot, especially as I think about inclusion in design. You know, do we have inherent biases in our processes? And I think having the conversation and and talking about these things and sharing our lived experiences has really helped me. I know it's helped my team and it's helped a few other folks. So I, you know, I love to hear people's stories and, and I actually am increasingly getting more comfortable. I wasn't always super comfortable to do it at the start, but getting more comfortable in, in sharing mine. Usha, I think first, you know, the need for radical leaders, radically inclusive leaders such as yourself could not come at a greater time. So we thank you from the design community, for sure, for being here. And I also, you know, we have a very similar, I'd say, treasured background being around the world. And I remember coming back into the U.S. and a reporter actually asking me, so what's your Black experience? And I thought, I don't quite know what that means, you know? Like you have any others. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I just really connect with and appreciate and thank you for sharing such a beautiful personal story. Luis, let's go back to, you know, some of these big changes that Usha is talking about that need to happen and why and and how Usha is actually paving the way for this new culture and this transformation. What do you feel is the role of leadership or design as part of this transformation? Yeah, I mean, to connect a little bit of, of to what Usha was saying, one of the things that I admire a lot about Usha and what she's doing in Ford and, and how, how Ford is changing because of that is that obsession for openness and for collaboration. And in a way, it's helping two things. First, to gain that idea of democratization of, of design and creativity. Like it's not owned by a specific group behind some dark wall, right? It needs to be owned by everyone. It needs to be present in their day-to-day, right? And so that message to get that message through and what a better way of doing that that through example you know and and just you know welcoming everyone to be part of that process i think that's incredible that's fantastic that's a very important thing that you know leadership needs to have and and that that i see in ford specifically you know usha is has done a fantastic job doing that and the another one i think it's is that other thing that we were mentioning around like that permission to fail. Again, that's so hard in, in, in these, you know, large companies. Everyone is ex- have the right answer, you know, and, and you can see like this whole way of working is more about, you know, asking the right questions, not so much having the right answer. And so just changing that mindset and, or for example, you know, the, you think automotive industry, you think about prototyping, you know, prototyping in the automotive industry is like, you know, millions of dollars spent in this 
you know, very, you know, beautiful, sophisticated, real size models of, of the next vehicle. And prototyping in this context of creativity and, and human-centric design is about trying scrappy things. And I, and I know that Usha loves the scrappiness of things, but trying scrappy things and seeing that fail and learning from that process. And again, I think that's something really difficult to find in large corporations. And Usha is, is a big advocate of that. And, and you can feel that. People are, suddenly are more comfortable with trying out scrappiness and having fun with it, right? Uh, and learning from it. And and that for me is a big, big, big take off. Usha, talk to us a little bit about that, that need for scrappiness and how that comes into the day-to-day of your team. So scrappiness for us, I mean, it's it's one of our values inside D-Ford. I even have the t-shirts printed, I love scrappy. <laughs> and <laughs> it's really important because making and prototyping is such a fundamental part of our process. It's actually such a big part of who we are. And it's really important because when you're talking about moments where, and we spend a lot of time collaborating with bigger Ford, so the rest of the business, sharing ideas, communicating our concepts, and being very kind of at eye level in our communications, just gathering around a prototype rig or sharing some digital prototypes on a tablet it's just easier, right, than living in the land. We're not lovers of PowerPoint, I will say, <laughs> inside D-Ford. There's a, there's a time for PowerPoint, but we just love making. And actually, as Luis was saying, our making is, you know, hundreds of dollars, not millions of dollars. So we use it to basically reduce the risk of some of these slightly seemingly crazy ideas, but also so we can move very quickly through the process. And that's really important for us. And it's a very effective way of engaging stakeholders and other parts of the business. And we've got some incredible experts, right, who've been inside Ford for many years, have got brilliant ideas and brilliant perspectives. And how do we unlock that, connect it to some of the things that we're trying to accomplish and, you know, take everyone with us on the journey? I'm a very passionate advocate of that. I don't believe in sitting off in some, you know, fluffy ivory tower going, ooh, we're looking at the future. Nonsense. We want to to work together with people and we want to make stuff real, put it in the hands of our customers. And so we have a very strong bias towards speed and towards action as well. Usha, you're obviously, you know, you've come into a company where, there's a legacy of being, I would imagine it, at Ford in its leadership position has really been a top-down company. How has design and the work that your team's doing really empowered greater vocal advocacy for more people? I guess we have a very, you know, collaborative process and it's a very flat process, I would say. So we have, because we're building a capability for the company in DeFord. You know, and even inside DeFord, we have an incredibly flat structure because we're bringing in, in expertise. And so I'm also a massive advocate of, you know, if you've been here 10 minutes or you've been here for 30 years, everyone has a role and a perspective to play in creating our ideas and advocating for them. And 
this process that we've had, I guess, in the company for you know over a hundred years, we've had a business model, basically manufacturing and selling vehicles. <laughs> that's been that's been it. Has to has to change. We have to break so many parts of that business model to be meaningful in the future that we don't have time for a small number of very, very, very senior leaders to, you know, everything to flow up and down the company. It's too slow, right? So if we need to change to a digital, always on continuous relationship building ecosystem of offers to our customers, then that you know, communications flow needs to be horizontal in the company across multidisciplinary teams who are set up as product teams. If I'm thinking, I'm thinking in the digital sense, product teams who rapidly can absorb information from customers and real time data and analytics and make very rapid changes in terms of what we're offering to the customer. That clock speed is completely different. So we cannot use the, let's call them, industrial processes that we've had in the past to create digital products and services. And so it's kind of forcing right now this this shift from this kind of top-down, very hierarchical structure and process and communications flow to a recognition that actually we have many, many experts Quite often at, you know, working level inside the company, we need to enable them and empower them to move at the speed that we need to, to be a digital company in the future. And so that is a massive change uh, for Ford. And there's so many different things that we're doing in terms of culture, tools, processes, leadership training, and of course, efforts like DeFord, which are you know at the at the kind of front end of experimentation we basically not only do we do a lot of work kind of imagining reimagining the future of the company we also work on culture and ways of working projects and are a test bed pretty much for anything that the company wants to roll out we put our hands up <laughs> to be the guinea pig and try it and give feedback on so it's a huge effort And it will take time for us to make all of those changes. But actually what does help as well is bringing in more talent at all levels of the business to help us, you know, because they're bringing their normal, actually. And so in order for us to change the company's normal, we need a lot of people inside the business who actually feel like (laughs) and have grown up with that as their normal, if that makes sense. I love this. And and just maybe just want to add, to add one thing, which I think it's like you can see it in in in, in this whole approach, but I think it's it's worth it to, to underline is that the seed of all this is the complexity that the of the ecosystem that we're right now and that where Ford needs to survive. And so, you know, in a way, the old days were simple. Now Ford and every large organization needs to survive in a very complex ecosystem where you need to actually not only be digital, but you need to be more, you know, planet-centered. You need to be understanding a lot 
more things. You know, you need to watch out like what how what's your experience? What are you providing? What value? What is the impact? There's so much stuff that you need to consider. And or like what is interesting about this is that you know the Ford or the, the innovation that is happening in Ford are not interesting side projects. And maybe one of the main differences. Like they are the core of the business of how the business is going to survive in the future in a better way, right? And so for me, like, that is super important because in order to tackle that challenge of, of that complexity, you need to democratize where innovation is coming from, like Usha was saying, and the roles of everyone on making that happen. Like from, you know, every single person. I, I love that the input of different levels is as important, if not more, because they are many times closer to the things, to the client, to the manufacturing than the leadership, that it's their input is critical on doing that fast innovation and 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 reacting and and tackling those very complex problems, right? So I think that that's spot on. And you can see it now. I, I can truly say that you can see that and, and you can see like the passion of the people that are giving that responsibility and that accountability. You can see that like how they grow also. So I think it's it's very good in so many ways, and I completely agree with Lucia. Yeah, Luis, I was just I was just thinking, you know, ten years ago there were probably like one or two teams doing innovation in inverted commas inside Ford, and right now, I mean, literally the entire company is transforming, and it feels like it's everyone's job, not just the job of a couple of folks in the innovation department. Right? Exactly. So I think that's a, yeah. that's a really important point. And then maybe just one other reflection, just listening to what Luis was saying that I think for me is when you think about moving from just hardware focus to hardware, software and services, you're now competing with, you know, other digital brands and other service brands. So, you know, in the old days, we were just thinking about how our products compared with other automotive manufacturers but in the future, we're comparing across industries. And so, you know, thinking about it from a customer perspective, when they're, you know, maybe purchasing or accessing a service from Ford, then, you know, they're comparing us with other services in their life, right? So <laughs> they're looking at Netflix and they're looking at, you know, Google and they're looking at the service. And so it also means that, you know, when we're thinking about, you know, how we show up and our role in the world, we have to think about it in that way. And that's, that's also a massive change uh, for us as a business. Well, this has been just such a, a fascinating conversation with so much rich content falling out of it. Usha, knowing that you probably have three or four alarms around your bed, <laughs> <laughs> There must be a big question that keeps you up at night. And what is that? Gosh, there's probably like a long list. But if, if you had, if I had to pick one, goodness, what would I pick? I would probably say for me, it's health and well-being of my team. Because the last few years has been super difficult for us in many, many different ways. And we're also then tackling some of the biggest challenges in the industry and not just in our industry, but in, 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 on the planet. And so just keeping our resilience levels high, keeping our optimism high and not just thinking about success, but thinking about 
keeping our team happy and whole. That's probably the thing I think about the most, to be honest, between the hours of one and three in the morning. <laughs> Usha and Luis, again, thank you so much for sharing so much about how to go from a team of, of eight, Usha, you said you were you were number eight in your team, yeah. to now being a world trailblazer in design and, and, and the need for creating beacon teams and the need for having super ninjas in your team with uh, diverse experience. And Luis, for really highlighting and reminding us about the need for and to have an eagerness to democratize human-centered design. Usha, thank you for bringing your, your full heart to this podcast and Luis for your passion. Thank you so much. Thanks for the opportunity, Dietria, and had fun doing it, so. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Let's do it again. <laughs> the Big Question is brought to you by IDEO. To find out more about us and how we create positive impact through design, head to IDEO.com. And then make sure to search for The Big Question and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Make sure to click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at IDEO, thanks for listening.